Well, in my, in my life and in my work, it's about building relationships. And so once I build a relationship, invariably, if I don't get to what they need or what they want, they eventually ask me, what do you do? You know, what, 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 how do you make a living? Or how do you work out? Who do you work out with? What it's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm joined today by two guests who have been on the show previously, Shannon Earl and Rebecca Weens. And uh, I really enjoy these types of podcasts because we get to just kind of like shoot it around and just wherever it goes. Like, I, I really don't know what direction the conversation is going to go sometimes, but welcome to both of you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So, uh, Shannon, let's start with you. Cause you, uh, we met first, you know, several weeks ago and just quick introduction as far as who you are and, and kind of what you do. Uh, my name is Shannon Earl. I am a coach. I do a lot of neural coaching. So teaching people about the biology of the brain and um, how to start to get a hold of the thinking that happens unbeknownst to us a lot of the time so that we can start to guide and direct that in line with our intentions. So I coach all ages of people um, from CEOs to young adults and a few teenagers. Um, so nice. that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Rebecca, a quick introduction uh, about you as well. Okay, well, I've been a nurse for almost 30 years. This is my 30th year, actually. Um, I spent 25 years in mainstream nursing, I'll call it. And I tell people I had one amazing story in all 25 years. But for the last few years, I've been working with uh, health and wellness products. And I hear amazing stories every week. But I'm also a mom of four, a stepmom of four, and a grandmom to 16. So we have a busy, fun life. You're a mom of four and a stepmom of four and a grandma yeah. of 16. Wow. I have four kids myself, and four is crazy. It's awesome, though. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's even better when they have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this weekend, I was hanging out with them, and I was watching them, and they were sort of like a little bit getting into mischief. And I was thinking... I can't wait until you have kids and I get to just sit back as the grandpa and just laugh. (laughs) That's awesome. So Shannon, Uh, I worked in psychiatry for quite a few years. And so we call you a stinking thinking coach (laughs) to get rid of the stinking thinking. Absolutely. It's a good good combo with therapy to have a coach and a therapist, two different roles. (laughs) I like that. Awesome. Awesome. And, and again, my name is Chris Jenke. I've been a personal trainer uh, specializing in core strength, balance, helping people to work out in a way that doesn't affect their lower backs. Most people do come to me with some lower back pain and uh, try to get them out of that and then 
help them achieve their fitness goals. Been doing it since 2004. So I want to uh, ask both of you a question and I'll answer it myself too after, but what is the first sort of step or a couple steps when you're, when you're talking to somebody who maybe is interested in learning a little bit more about what you do and how you can say Shannon, help them with their, uh, their mindset and, and some coaching. And then uh, Rebecca, maybe you can, you know, help them with some, uh, some supplement help or whatever you're offering to them. What are some uh, questions you ask them? Like what's sort of the foundational couple steps that you, that you have? Oh, and if you guys want to do like a, we do rock, paper, scissors tournaments, if you want. <laughs> and, <laughs> whoever wants to go first. Um, I'll go. So I think that when I first meet a client, um, I, we t I talk a lot about the wholeness of human beings that we're all whole. And because we have a tendency to focus on um, our lack or where we think we're broken, which it's really hard to be a broken human being unless you have like an arm dangling. Um, so just really looking at that wholeness and approaching the thinking from a whole perspective instead of positive and negative um, really allows them to be able to you know, approach their lives from this place of, yes, you're going to be angry and you can also be joyful, but you got to practice all of them so that you know that you can move when you want to. We're so trained and our brains train us that if something happens, we must react. And in our reaction, a lot of the times it's not actually where we want to be or what's healthy for us internally. And you aren't going to be able to react from joy to something that you've been trained your whole life to react from anger unless you practice. But it's possible with the skill and the muscle of the brain to be able to do that. So that would be one is just really making normalizing the fact that we're all jealous. We all have anger. We all get frustrated. We're all annoyed. And we also have the ability to have, be joyful, happy, peaceful, calm. We just don't practice those a lot of times as much because the world provides us with a lot of places to react in the other ways and we get really good at it. So that's probably one of my main beginning teachings because they need to know that in order to know that they can have what they want. <laughs> right. Absolutely. hundred percent. And Rebecca, what about you? How do you start that conversation? I start everywhere I go and everyone I meet, I start not by asking anything, but by listening. Because if I listen enough and show an interest in them, just in who they are and in their lives, asking them the questions about themselves, then that can help guide me as to how I can help them with what I have to offer. Because for some people with what I do, it is just health. It is physical health, mental health. I also have a pretty good, strong spiritual side, so I can do that too. But once I know some of them is financial need, I mean, you, you talk to people long enough and you listen, listen, listen before you talk, then it kind of guides your conversation as to where you go. And then I can know what to offer them to help them move forward. That's my little trick for this conversation to let you guys talk and see where we're going to go with the conversation. Cause I think that's very important because everybody is different. It's um, I've sort of run into that issue a little bit in the last couple of years, because uh, again, I've been a trainer since 2004 and it's always that interplay 
you know, getting to know an individual person and figuring out a training program based on what I know, uh, in like, how do I want to describe it? Like what I learned from personal trainer school, you know, and like what I know about the body and things, but then also what specifically this person needs and how to apply it. But then the past couple of years, I've noticed a little bit of challenge because I'm writing books. And so now who am I talking to in this book? I don't know what you need, but I'm going to just give it all to you. Right. So that's kind of one of the challenges with, with that is, you know, we, we want to be able to take the general, like what we learn you know, about the mind or about the body and be able to apply it to a specific individual, right? Mm -hmm. So what are you listening for? Um, let's go back to you first, Rebecca. What are you listening for in, you know, sort of that interpersonal communication? What, like, what are you listening for? They might tell you explicitly, like, I have a problem with my blank, fill in the blank. But what if they don't? Like some, sometimes people don't know what they need that's kind of maybe one of the harder parts about doing what any of the three of us do is, is um, sort of reading between the lines. Well, in my, in my life and in my work, it's about building relationships. And so once I build a relationship, invariably, if I don't get to what they need or what they want, they eventually ask me, what do you do? you know what, what what how do you make a living or how do you work out who do you work out with what do you they'll ask you questions that then can open the door for you to be able to share and i'm a firm believer in the product that we represent it's the foundation for everything else i do but i also am not closed-minded and i'm able to direct them into different directions like chris i would send them to you you know, if, if that's what their need was. Shannon, I'd send them to you if that's what their need was. So I don't just close in. I try to be open-minded. And, you know, Chris, you've got 18 years of experience. You were talking about writing your book. As you write, you're just going to think of stories. You're going to think yeah. of situations that's just going to keep you writing and writing and writing. Well, when you've been a nurse this long, there have been people that have called me and I said, I remember one lady, I was at a meeting with her and I looked at her and we were friends. I had developed a relationship. I wasn't just being <laughs> in her face. I said, do you have Graves disease? She said, no, but you think I do, don't you? And sure enough. So just ex life experiences kind of direct you into how you can help people. It's, there's, in fact, I don't think there's any substitute. There's no education that's a substitute for life experiences. Yeah, I think so. And that, and that comes through in, in coaching, right, Shannon? Just like you have to kind of get dirty in, in the trenches, right, of life. Yeah, for sure. And I'd say, you know, in answering that question, you know, what are you listening for? And I agree, Rebecca, relationships are key because no one's going to listen to you if you're asking them to exercise. You know, they'll do more if they have a relationship with you because the trust is built and, um, and you know them and they know you. Um, especially I'd say with my young adults, that's really important because they're a little hesitant of these older adults um, being really how I, how I approach them. They're like, are you sure? Um, I'd say a lot of times what I'm listening for is that what, what is that understory that's being told um, that they don't even necessarily know they're telling. <laughs> 
Um, and it's really creating their world and their vision and their perspective. And so I, once a relationship's built, that's where I'll head, right? Is, okay, I can hear this understory and then I'll ask him, so is this actually what you're wanting to create? And I was like, no, <laughs> then we got some work to do. <laughs> Um, cause we never really want what we talk about sometimes it's just a habit. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, it, uh, as the, the cliche, right. I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, nobody cares what you know until they know that you, care. Know that you care. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very true developing that relationship and, um, a, a couple things I know, actually the first thing that comes to my mind is sort of the ability to laugh at yourself and not take yourself too seriously. So the, the one example, now this episode is not going to come out until May, but we're recording this on April 12th. Yesterday, April 11th or 4-11, right? I remember this date was the, the first date that I ever trained one of my clients. Uh, and he's been with me for now probably eight years. But our first consultation was on 411. I remember this because at the end of the appointment, I said, oh, you should go, you should go check out uh, 7-Eleven today because they're having free Slurpees. And he looked at me and he's like, why would 7-Eleven be giving away free Slurpees on April 11th? And I was like, yeah, that's a good question. And I just had, it was a total dad moment because my, my daughter, who's my second, was just born like three weeks prior and I hadn't slept. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And so now we still joke about it. So he sent me a text yesterday and he said, just want to wish you happy 7-Eleven Slurpee day. And, <laughs> but it was funny because it was at that moment when we had developed sort of a relationship because I was able to just kind of laugh at myself and how ridiculous that comment was. But then that led me to talking about my kids and he, and now he asked questions about that. And, um, and I can honestly say like all my clients are kind of like my friends in a way. So uh, there's, there's sort of that. And they'll, you know, they'll give a friend a little bit more leeway if, you know, if you do make a comment like that and I was off by three months and, <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you, like, like developing that relationship and, and, you know, well, speaking of trainers, I started with one a year, just a little over a year ago. And I asked her several months into it. I said, so when am I supposed to look forward to coming here? <laughs> <laughs> and so this more even this morning i said we left and my husband said i like you a lot more than i did at 6 30 this morning <laughs> but we've developed a relationship that we do look forward to being with her now right right and the result is so amazing and then yeah and even the process is fun too right you get to joke around with your friend and you know I don't of course know. sometimes the process still isn't a lot sometimes of fun it's, sorry i get it i get it <laughs> Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was interesting you mentioned a while ago about balance and core strength because that's one problem I had after I had brain surgery was balance and then I wasn't allowed to pick up five pounds but for two years wow. so I really had to start back and really get my strength and my balance and my stamina back so I, I still don't love her yet don't love, right, I don't right. love to go that good yet but I keep going so yeah because it works right oh yeah well, so, so Rebecca, you had sort of that experience of having that surgery and then not being able to pick up more than five pounds uh, in, for two years. Uh, Shannon, do you, did, have you had anything similar to that where you sort of hit a point where you're, you had to bounce back from something like a, a 
sort of a rock bottom or anything like that or I, I really like these stories yeah I mean I think for me I swam my whole life and swam into college at Arizona State and I was so sick of exercising that I took a long time off and um, it was hard to come back on purpose because I was always coached to motivate yourself on your own is really different than being coached for 20 years mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'd say that took me a long time actually I'm still working on that of not being just that automatic swim team kind of feeling um so right. not the same as brain surgery Rebecca <laughs> I give you credit <laughs> I still don't jump I don't do any of the jumps I don't do any of that so mm-hmm. but everything else I do nice that's great yeah my my particular I guess health rock bottom was when I was in college and I gained uh the freshman 15 and then I gained the sophomore 15 and then I gained the junior 15 and then (laughs) and then by the time I was a senior I was like I'm like 45 pounds overweight here I don't feel good being a little bit overweight it's not always a bad thing but I just didn't feel good I was surviving on Domino's and um, Domino's pizza and beer and uh, as you can imagine had very low energy would sleep like 12 hours a day and then still didn't have energy and then that when I took matters into my own hands so I definitely feel Rebecca I feel the pain when you talk about your trainer that's how I got started as a trainer I hired my own trainer and it was just absolutely miserable because he had he wasn't like I'm I'm a little like warm and fuzzy with my clients like if they say like this is this is too hard like uh, you know I understand pushing me but this is too much I'll be like okay cool I'll back off a little bit yeah I didn't get one of those guys I hired him and I had him for 18 months and he just he would, um, he was so proud, just like, just annihilating me. I lived um, only about five blocks away from the gym and I would walk home after the workout and it would take me 20 minutes to walk five blocks. Cause I was just like shuffling along, <laughs> just like absolute torture. She's not, she's not that mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I want to give, uh, we're, we're coming toward the end of the show, but I like, I, I really like ending with a chance for us to go really big picture. And again, I'll do it myself as well, but I'll, I'll do it at the end after the two of you go. But um, you're called in front of a, a university to give your motivational speech on how you think the graduates at the university can get the most out of their lives. So it could be based on your own experiences. It can be uh, anecdotes, whatever direction you want to go, you know, goal setting, whatever, whatever you want to talk about, how the, the graduates can get the most out of their lives. I guess I'll go first. Probably the first thing I would tell them is to always remember that no one cares as much about you at the end of the day, as you care about yourself. No one is going to take care of you as much as you are able to take care of yourself because you're the person that knows you, that you can be and do and have whatever you set your mind to. It's all about getting it into your mind as to who you are and where you wanna go. And, And when I was doing mental health nursing, we always set a goal and we started at 10 years out or 20 years out. And then we backed up to make it into tiny steps. 
of course, being in a hospital, I always said, you forgot the first thing. The very last step is you got to get out of this hospital. So, but you know, <laughs> just set long-term goals and then back up and inch your way towards them. And before you know it, you're at this goal and then you're at another goal and you're at another goal. What is it you should tell kids inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's always hard. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, I think I would say um, we have a, I, we all come at mistakes as if, you know, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, and then we, the inner critic comes in and is chatting at us. So I would say um, if you could look at mistakes, as a mistake like a movie and you have your first mistake and then you step back and reassess and then you try again and then maybe that's another mistake and you step back and you try again um that that's how you're going to neurologically start to build the wiring to be able to not only just have a great life but when you fall down get back up and reassess and start to move forward again um, I think we're too hard on ourselves. I know I was when I was a kid. Um, and the more that we see this life as this ever growing, learning, changing experience, I think we're going to enjoy more moments of it um, because it's not bad. It's just new. And our brains don't like new, um, you know, but it is where we get all the chemicals of risk and fun and growth. Um, so I think if we change our perspective just slightly, sometimes our lives will be, we'll have a different experience. You're exactly right. Yep. I, I agree hundred percent with both of you. Um, I like how you took a, took the word mistake, right? Just, it's a mistake. Um, I, and it was reminding me of the word sin, which is often used in like a religious context, but the word sin, I believe if I'm not mistaken, came from like an archery term to miss your mark, or at least they also use it. And so my motivational speech is sort of along those lines, like uh, Les Brown, a great motivational speaker has a quote, it's not over until I win. And I love that because I, I really feel that way about achieving the goals. Like it's not a failure. I just haven't figured it out yet. And there's only two options, either I'm going to figure it out. And in that case, all those failures are going to be behind me, just like the light bulb, right? A light bulb, they say was like a 1000 step process. He failed a thousand or he failed a thousand times and then figured it out. And now we have lights everywhere. Uh, or I'm going to die trying, like we're all going to die eventually. And when I'm in my grave, I'm not going to be stressing about how I failed. It's just going to be, I'm just going to keep going until, uh, until I reach the end. But I feel like you, you either are going to struggle and try to work out the thing that is the most passionate for you, or you're going to struggle with something that you're not passionate about. Everything's going to be some sort of a struggle and nothing is just green lights all the way. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to try and get knocked down and try again and get knocked down, but you might as well be doing something you absolutely love because you will figure it out eventually because it really is not failure and you will win eventually. Mm -hmm. nice all right well again i i never know what direction these things are going to go i really like the sort of personal development uh tilt that we went on today you know um motivation 
Uh, again, we have Rebecca Weens and Shannon Earl, and I'm Chris Janke with Health in the Real World podcast. I appreciate both of you joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank and, you, Rebecca. And then one more thing, actually, sorry. I almost forgot this. How do people get in touch with each of you? Uh, website, social media, email address, phone numbers. I prefer my phone number. And I think I said in my previous little podcast, I always answer my phone. If I don't, I call back as soon as I can, even telemarketers. Rebecca, give your phone number one more time then, just so, so if somebody hasn't listened to the okay. other episode. It's 919-271-7879. Nice. And Shannon, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, my email address is shannonearlcoaching at gmail.com. And my website is shannonearlcoaching.com. And my number is 208-304-0727. Awesome. And I'm Chris Janke at chrisjanke.com. That's the easiest way you can get in touch with my phone number, email, everything. So again, uh, Rebecca Weens and Shannon Earl, thank you so much for joining me today, Health in the Real World podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Health in the Real World Show. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below. Visit mycorebalance.com to learn more.